The Playful Psychologist podcast is hosted by me, Emily Hanlon, a clinical psychologist who primarily works with children and adolescents. This podcast has been designed to offer support to new psychologists who may feel as though they are drowning in uncertainty. It has also been designed to inform and educate parents and teachers on all things child development. Along with some special guests, I explore different aspects of child development, including developmental disorders and emotional regulation, while also advocating for those who may be falling through the cracks in our current system. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of The Playful Psychologist. I'm actually really excited today because I'm joined once again um, by Jackie from The Brave Space. Now, Jackie, welcome. I'm sure you don't have to introduce yourself because I know a lot of, I rave about you all the time, but for those people that may be under a rock, um, why don't you like introduce yourself and like tell us a little bit about some of the work you do. Thanks, Emily. It is actually so nice to be back. This is our, what is it, second episode. It feels like we've done more because we (laughs) speak, but second episode on the podcast. So it's lovely to be back in your recording space and having this chat with you. Um, So for, yeah, for those who don't know, my name's Jackie Ward. I'm a provisional psychologist. I am studying my master's in psychology and um, my business is called The Brave Space. The thing that I love most and what I do through The Brave Space is support Uh, predominantly mums, but also families who are raising children that are highly sensitive. Um, So yeah, we do that through one-to-one support um, and a range of other things, including Emily and I actually did a collab earlier this year. We put together a very special little emotion kit for anyone with a school starter. So yeah, lots of exciting projects on the go. Yeah, for sure. And I love that, like, you do work so closely with families and, and you know, sometimes it's not even about providing, like, therapy or counselling. It's just about letting parents know that they're not alone and that can be yeah. so invaluable, um, you know, to so many families. So I think that's awesome. Um, so today yeah. I wanted to have a bit of a chat about school holidays. Now, um, if you're listening to this, we're probably coming up to the first school holidays of 2022. And I find... and Jackie and I spoke briefly about this as well, that like a lot of parents are really thrown a curveball in the school holidays. And sometimes we see behavior in the school holidays that we haven't, you know, we don't see through the school term. And that leaves families a little bit confused, I guess, because they're like, well, you know, this is a time for relaxation. There's no school, blah, blah, blah. Why is this happening? So I guess I wanted to start off, Jackie, by asking, do you think genuinely that all kids enjoy the school holidays? No, I think that's such a good question because it breaks down something that I think many people um, wouldn't necessarily think straight away. We think of school holidays and like you said, we think of those great things, no routine, lots of play dates, maybe holidays away from the home. Um, And, you know, they're all associated with fun and, Mm. and good times. But there's actually a really large portion, I think, of children that while they may be excited about school holidays, and looking forward to them, there's also an element where it can represent some challenges and I Mm. think some struggles then for the family as a result of that because, well, for lots of reasons, and I'm sure we'll talk about them now, but, yeah, I think it's not necessarily the case that school holidays are always the easy breezy good times that we want them to be. (laughs) For sure, for sure. And what do do you think... um those kids that we're talking about find the most challenging about school holidays? Without doubt, it's the, the change in routine or the mm. lack of the lack of routine. Yeah. 
Um, I think when we're at, whether we're at kindy or daycare or um, just in normal school term, Mm. um, you know, type routine, there's a whole lot of security that comes with that and the predictability and the rhythm of life that children Mm. really, really thrive with. And when we're in school holidays, while it can be exciting and fun, um, that lack of routine can really throw many children for a loop. Mm. I totally agree. And I, I kind of liken it to the same thing. Like I work with a lot of kids who are awesome in the classroom and they and they work really well with the classroom structure and then a lot of the you know quote unquote behavior um comes out in the playground and Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing right because the classroom is generally quite structured there's a timetable the teacher tells you what to do whereas the playground's a bit of a free-for-all and it's it's exactly the same and I think with school holidays as well what I find is a lot of parents think that, you know, they're trying to do really fun, awesome things with the family, which I totally get. Um, But sometimes that's not, that wasn't the plan and -hmm. that can really throw kids. And then that makes parents feel like, oh, like, what am I doing wrong? My kid's never happy with what I play. And then like, there's this whole family dynamic that's really falling apart when it should be like a really chill, happy time. Yes. And I think that is, that's so key. What you just mentioned, there's two parts to this. There's first Mm. of all, the child's experience and then the resulting behaviors or, um, you know, feelings that come with that. But there's also the way that we as parents perceive what's going on and receive those behaviors. Yeah. And I I get it. Like I'm a mum. I want fun things to happen. I've planned fun activities that I think my kids are going to like just thrive on and think yeah. it's amazing only to get there and have everybody melting down and <laughs> tantruming what's oh, going same. on <laughs> yeah I did that with like I made like I was like I'm gonna make organic play-doh and I made this like and I was like I'm gonna scent it with lavender and like you know like colored it with a acai powder and Luca like looked at it and was like no <laughs> I was like oh Oh, really- <laughs> oh my gosh that's like a classic I remember one where I planned this awesome day and I was feeling sort of like had my super mum cape on because I was taking three kids by myself my hubby yeah. was at work and we were going to go to Symbio which is like a mini zoo kind of thing near where we live yeah and we got there and we paid the like huge entry fee and I <laughs> packed all the snacks well by the time we got there the snacks were gone because they didn't oh, no. on the 40 minute car ride we got there it was super hot they basically didn't care about the animals at all and they just wanted to play like on the minis like park area inside. <laughs> and I was like, this was a hundred dollar trip to come and play on the swings. <laughs> and then there were tears and meltdowns and they wanted to leave. And that, and that was the end of that. Oh, so <laughs> I think that it's a good conversation to have though, because such a big part of um, making this situation more manageable and enjoyable for everybody is understanding why our children perhaps are um, behaving and reacting the way they are, mm, not sure. necessarily being triggered to that place of like, why aren't you being grateful for this? And why aren't you having fun? And yeah, yeah, which is which is a natural response. Yeah, for sure. And I think it comes back to which like I, I guess like as a psychologist, I've always known, but like as a parent now, I've like see it from a different perspective. So sometimes when we're so triggered, we need to like delve into like why that is. And like, are we triggered because of something like, are we triggered because we put all the effort into the activity and we wanted the activity to work or are we triggered because the kid doesn't like the activity? Like, what is it? (laughs) So, you know, like we, I think as parents, it's really hard to sometimes reflect and go, I'm feeling this way. And that's a me problem, not a, not a child's problem. So good. So true. 
Mm. So, yeah, I I find that really um, tricky. So with like, and and again, like some kids are are totally easygoing and flexible and and thrive off that relaxed vibe, but some kids do need that holiday structure. So what kind of tips or tricks do you have for making that transition to school holidays more successful and, you know, making sure that the family can genuinely enjoy that time together? Yeah. So two things that I do in my own home, um, for those that don't know, I've got three little ones and we're across the school, preschool and my bubby's still at home phase. Mm -hmm. So managing three different sort of transitions there. Yeah. Um, Two things that we do to try and ease this transition into the school holidays. The first thing I do for the boys who are older, they're seven and five, um, we actually put print off like a monthly calendar, just a free one from the internet and pop it on the fridge so that if we have any, um, you know, fun days or activities or trips to the movies, anything like that planned, I will actually pop it on the calendar for them. So good. So, and, you know, for the little one who can't read yet, we draw a picture of what mm. we're doing. Um, and so they've just got this reference point um, of, you know, what's coming up and they've got it to look forward to, of course, but mm. equally they're not waking up and saying, Mum, what are we doing today? Yeah. Which can be quite triggering for yeah, a parent for sure. too that's trying to spin all the plates. So they know when we're just having a chill day at home and yeah, that helps with the flow. Mm. Um, The second tip I would suggest is just creating um, some anchor points in your day. Mm. So we don't need to necessarily stick to a strict routine like you would during the school term when you're on holidays. Mm. The beauty of it is to have that flexibility, but for children that are looking for that structure, I hope it helps. I sorry, I find it helps just to have some anchor points. So, for example, maybe in the morning you still follow the similar routine of what yeah, you would do. For sure. Yeah, and then in the evening, and they're mm. the easiest times, right? In the middle yeah. of the day, let it be what it is. Yeah, for sure. And I think you're spot on. Like the holidays still need to be flexible. You can't follow this rigid plan all the time. I think our point is, um, if you're listening and you're a little bit confused, is like just provide a general like debrief of what's to come. So like let's say you've got to go to the shops, you've got to buy some presents, then you're coming home and then you're going on a play date. You don't need to go like first we're going to the shops, at the shops we're going to get coffee. It just has to be like, hey, guys, we're going to have breakfast, go to the shops, come home for some screen time and then we're going to the park you know like it just needs to be like they need to know what to expect and I think sometimes you know just hashing it out like that of a morning over breakfast is 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 enough um you know with some kids like I work with a few kids that um are on the spectrum and I'll like say to mum like you know you know, your, your child might need a little bit more of a structure, may need like a bit of a visual schedule because that's what they used to for school. It, it's familiar to them. But again, it's all about going like, this is free time. This is screen time. This is shop time, not making it too, too hectic. Cause I think then you can go the other way and it's like yeah. meltdown city over the schedule change. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find yourself in a bind when things need to change and all of a sudden you're grappling with that but I I love what you said about just looping them in just debriefing having a little conversation and that's going to provide a whole lot of security for them Mm. in their young minds Mm. um, and make the the day far more likely to play out as we want to I think as well it like we forget that like like for me I'm a planner like I I like to know things I'm a list maker I'm all of that Um, and kids can be like that too I work with a little boy who's um, the parents are like separated and mum follows like quite a rigid routine whereas dad's more like go with the flow so when mm. he goes to dad's house he'll be like 
um, dad will be like, we're going to the shops and, and this kid will get really upset because he'll be like, no one told me. Why didn't you tell me? And the dad is like, why is he always so angry about going to the shops? And I'm like, did you ask? Like, ask him why he's so upset. Gets down to it. He's like, in his head, he'd planned. He wanted to get home, get his homework straight out of the way. And then he could have his free time. But the plan was ruined. And because no one warned him, he was stressed about when he was going to get his homework done and he didn't want to get in trouble. So if you ask a few questions as well, like if if your, your child is having a few meltdowns or a bit of, you know, behavior is looking anxious about the school holidays, ask the questions, like ask mm. what's going on, do some emotional checking and, and, and see, I, I guarantee you they'll, they'll be able to give you an idea of what that reasoning is behind their behavior. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm. And that's such a, a powerful reminder of something that we can all be doing just that emotional checking, like you say, yeah. to say what's going on for you. Like, why, why are you feeling like that? And I'm constantly amazed at the way so many kids are able to, you know, in their way, articulate what it is that's going on. So Yeah, seriously, kids, like, surprise you so much. I work with one little boy. He's so funny. When, like, people are just having a conversation with him and he's had enough, he'll go, um, that's enough social interaction for me for one day. And it's just awkward. <laughs> and we can all take a lesson from him. <laughs> so funny. So funny. So good. No. Um, I guess the only other thing I wanted to ask is, because like I have, um, I've posted on my Instagram a few times now, you guys may have seen, it's like an ideas jar. So um, a, a lot of my clients want to do all the things in the school holidays. And obviously from a financial perspective and also a time perspective, it's not possible to do all the things so I say to parents like when when a kid says like I want to go to Luna Park we say that's a great idea pop it in the the jar write it down and pop it in the jar so that when we have a free day we can choose you know something from the jar so that's kind of how I try and encourage parents to get around the like not feeling like they always have to say no to um to kids do you have any ideas of like how to manage those conversations about not being able to do all the things in the school holidays Mm, I love I love your idea I haven't actually heard that before but I think that's Mm. such a good one because it's you know hearing the idea validating it popping Mm. it in the jar that I really really love that um for us it's coming back to that calendar that we pop on the fridge I think when there's a visual in front of you like here's how many days there are yeah it's actually not possible for us to go to wet and wild and symbio zoo and all of this yeah let's break it down and just um having the visual in front of them because I remember being a child and feeling like the school holidays stretched in front of me like this Mm. magical time you know and we don't really they so young children don't really have the same grasp on time Time. the way we adults do Something I just, you know, popped into my head in, in terms of this discussion is thinking about kids and this enthusiasm that often comes with wanting to do all the things um, is the fact that kids generally don't have the same level of um, self-awareness that we as adults do about the need for downtime. Mm. So they will sort of go and go and go and go and go until they completely hit the wall and are exhausted and it's tricky to come back, I think, from that. Mm. And I know this to be true, especially for highly sensitive kids. They really need downtime factored into their their schedule or their timetable as well. Mm. So I think that's just something to be aware of as we all get excited and plan things the need for us as parents or caregivers to be, you know, moderating the amount of downtime that our kids need in their schedule as well in the holidays. Absolutely. And I think just like finally on that note, like I I always say to parents, if you are doing a, if you have a hectic morning and you are doing all the things, 
that's a that's a lot of like sensory overload for any child forget a child that has like sensory you know needs but that's a lot so don't be don't feel guilty for coming home and going we're going to watch a movie for the rest of the day or we're going to do this or we're going to have some quiet time and you can have the ipad and that sort of thing because kids need that chance to calm down and regulate it's kind of like you know how parents um you know always say like oh, I should go to bed early after the kids go to sleep, but I just need that that time for myself just to oh, have that yes. quiet time to myself. Sometimes I feel like it's the same for kids after a huge day. They just need that time for themselves. So I guess like my final note on the topic would be like be mindful of, of giving that time um, mm. after a big morning or a big day in the holidays. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a perfect note to to wrap the conversation on because it's just so incredible. And there it's actually valuable rather than something I know sometimes parents can feel guilt about that, mm. whether it's screen time guilt or just, you know, the fact that the kids they don't have something necessarily planned. But yeah. that is that is not something to park your guilt on. That is nah. something that's to be celebrated. And I think that acknowledging the need for that downtime in the format that it comes is is so worthwhile. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for joining us today. I think this conversation is going to be really, really helpful come the next round of school holidays. Um, And yeah, hopefully, you know, parents can take something away from it and implement something in their own little holiday schedules. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me and I'm taking away the ideas jar. So I've taken (laughs) away something myself. (laughs) See you later. Thanks.